If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Let's make some chips. All right. How's everybody doing? We're excited here. We're going to talk about new technology and manufacturing. We are so excited to get started. The shop of the future. We've done this a few times. A few times. A few times. Yeah. It's been four years. It's, it's been, been four years. years. It's been an Olympic period. Yes. It has. But honestly, to all the people that listen to us, who knew eight years ago when Jason had this epiphany in his head that uh, start this crazy manufacturing podcast that we'd be nearing one million downloads yes, right yes. now. It's unbelievable. Thanks to you all. And thank you to all yes. of you people who listen to the show. It's, it's awesome. So thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. And it wouldn't be possible without AMT, the wonderful people from IMTS and inviting us to host this conversation. So thank you to AMT. So Jim, I got a question for you. What's that? What's causing more gray hairs, podcasting or the future of manufacturing, new technology, trying to keep up? Well, you're, you're giving me all the gray hairs, Jason. <laughs> Absolutely. Dealing with this cutting tool supply. Yeah, <laughs> so I've got a quick story that I want to tell before Oh my God, a story. We don't have time for a story. Give me a second. Somebody get a hook. Give me 30 seconds. So this is going back about, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. I was getting my MBA and we were presenting ourselves and we were telling what we did. And I told the professor, I help manufacturers to make more parts faster. And he was like, manufacturers, isn't that all overseas? I said, no, no, no. the United States is the cutting edge of manufacturing. Sure and my dad said something just recently that I thought was amazing. He said, if you are not excited about manufacturing when you're here, you need to go to a new industry. Absolutely. We're here. We're here. So how about we, we uh, bring our guests up the stage? Yep. Well, I've got the, I'm going to intro the first guest. And I'm going to read it right off of his bio. There we go. So our first guest is president and CEO of GSC and COO of Ellison Technologies, where he interacts with customers in the metal cutting, additive, and CAD cam software world daily. 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 He never takes a day off. Yeah, <laughs> even Sundays. He is originally from Germany, but made his way to North America 15 years ago via Toronto, and finally to Chicago, where we are right now. And I understand this guy's neighbors with yeah, you, Yeah, he's my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our kids are in oh, the same class. Oh, he's your friend now. Well, our friend. kids okay. are in the same class. Oh, so, okay. you know. We'll have yeah. to confirm that with him. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, a side note is he also lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma in the 90s, which is relevant when we get to know our second guest. Yeah. Nick. So our second guest is new to the industry, and he came in in such an amazing way. So he, he came in, he bought a shop, and he just immediately got his hands dirty, learned how to set up and run the machines. He wasn't some absentee owner. Uh, the shop is called Hill Manufacturing in Oklahoma, and welcome to the stage, Mike Payne. All right. All right, let's take a seat. Yep. Welcome, guys. Thank you. So what we want to do is we want to paint a picture of what the future of manufacturing looks like. So imagine if you were given $10 million and somebody said, build me the shop of the future. 
what would that look like? Well, you'll see it here. Yeah. I got in here this morning and got to walk around a little bit. And I mean, I think that's the beauty of this show is this is what my shop's going to look like in five years, 10 years. Okay. Um, one of the things that we're wanting to do at Hill is, so everybody's been to a construction site, a retail area where there, there's a new restaurant or a bar coming in or whatever. And they have that great coming soon. Yeah display that you look at and you go, that's, I want to go there. That's just the sure. whole, yeah, I don't see anything there, but I see what's yeah. creating a buzz, right? Yep. So like, there's this great wall in our shop and I want to do that, right? Like I want to do a coming soon and it's going to have the things that are displayed here at the show on it and this perfect shop floor. What does it look like? I don't know. By the end of the week, hopefully I will. Okay. Yeah. Um, Painting the picture right now, right? Right, right. But I think there'll, uh, you know, there'll definitely be a lot of automation, a lot of uh, collaboration, I think is going to be another big key. Uh, a lot of integration between machines and softwares and, um, you know, giving us dashboards and so forth to really control our shop. Okay. Um, so more data, more data that you can make actionable. Data, for sure. I, to me, it's priceless, mm -hmm. uh, given, given my background in that space. Sure. And what about you, Ika? You travel shops all over the country. What do you, what do you see? What is the future of manufacturing look like from your perspective? I, I think we see it here today. It's like, I mean, if you walk the hall, you have hardware and hardware is important to what we do. It's important to manufacturing. But I think what we're seeing is how does it all tie together, right? It's automation, it's software. It's, um, it's actually attracting some of the new talent. I was out there today and actually just uh, Titan was at the Heller booth and I stopped by and you see a lot of young people. Yeah. A lot of young people getting excited about manufacturing. I think that's what we have to do. Um, this industry has been around for a long time. I think what we need to do is like, how do we attract that next generation? How do we get them excited about manufacturing? Jim, I've been to, to your shop and it's, it's clean. Yeah. It's modern. Yeah. It's a place you want to go to. It's not dirty. It's not oily. It's not greasy. It's, it's, it's just not, a it's cool not my place to work. Shop anymore. Yeah. It's not so I think that's, that's what we're seeing. That's what we have to do is like, how do we tie it together? And how do we get that next generation to really engage in manufacturing and make it exciting? Right. So you mentioned briefly the hardware, but then you move shiftly over to you move quickly over to software. Are, are, does the hardware it's not as exciting as the software side? What, what do you think about that? Or is that what so attracts that new generation? Do you want my want like, do you want, want my your, salesman we answer want your, or no, my we want your real answer? <laughs> no, I, what's yeah. the authentic answer? I, I think that the hardware, and again, everybody can judge for themselves. But if you walk around on the hardware side, like everybody is pushing that edge, right? Everybody is almost there. So there are certain things. Yes, you can integrate additive with subtractive. You can like you can come up with cool concepts. But at the end of the day. I don't think the hardware is the limiting factor anymore. You want reliability, you want accuracy, all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like people like Mike who take that and put it in a shop and combine it and make it efficient, make it make money at the end of the day, make your customers happy and, and just integrate it. So I think, yes, the hardware side obviously is important. It needs to be reliable, it needs to produce, but at the end of the day, it's everything around it. So, Ike, do, do you think there's like this shift coming? Like for, you know, years ago, I go back decades coming to IMTS, and, you know, it was all about the, the hardware, right? It was all about the CNC machines. It was even the manual machines back when. But do you think with all the new technology and software that it's really pushing? So here's, your, here's the hardware, here's the software. Do you think that the software is now eclipsing the hardware with regards to 
how shops can be innovative and more Jim, proactive. What kind of software did that Bridgeport run that you... The you software that the Bridgeport <laughs> ran? Yeah. yeah, Jim Carr's software. That's what it, that's what it ran. The school of yeah. hard knocks. The school of hard knocks. Well, you, 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 still need hardware, you still need hardware that can keep up with the software, right? So, I mean, they right. work in tandem. But I think we've probably missed the last couple of years really that software development. And everybody you walk, like every booth you look at here, they'll talk about software. They'll talk about automation. They talk about a lot of stuff that's not the machine. That's so, I think... That's going to be the driver for the next couple of years. And we've seen it four years ago. We've seen it six years ago. And I mean, I walked this morning a little bit. I was obviously in the Doosan booth, but walked the other, um, the booth as well. And it's, you see it. So Mike, Jim, so I would, I'll add on to that. You know, we bought our shop five years ago. This year will be double the size we were five years ago. I've got of 39 machines of 22 of them were there five years ago. Um, it's not the machines that I've doubled, you know, that have allowed me to double revenue. It's the it's our ERP system. It's our um, just the the data that we're able to make better decisions. We're able to estimate better. We're able to go out and get that work. Yeah. Be profitable. I totally agree. That's so. It's, so when uh, I brought up data, you brought up your background. Yeah. And you said coming from my background, data is really important to me. So let, talk a little bit about that. So background. yeah. So two seconds on that. The so when uh, I two seconds is up. Yeah, <laughs> when I graduated college, I was actually in the software business, uh, okay. specifically doing like shop floor data collection systems. Came to this show in 2000 uh, as a software company. Mm -hmm. Came back in 18 as a shop owner, but. Um, so, and Jason and I talked about this recently, you know, the, some of the things we're doing now and that are becoming readily available, we were doing 30, 40 years ago, but I do think, you know, kind of speed of innovation in this industry has maybe been a little slow. Compared right? to software then? The technology's Manu been there. typically is. But I, yes. think, I think manufacturing leaders need to hear that, that yes. we need to catch up. Yeah, the data's been locked in those machines since they hit the shop floors, right? Yep. Part counts and cycle times and all that information that, Today, now we're sucking them out of there with you know machine monitoring and so forth that l allows us to make good decisions. Sure. Jim, right? I remember going back five years ago um, when we did a panel discussion, and one of the statements that was made was, if you have not digitized your shop over the next five to 10 years, you're going out of business. Exactly. And at the time, you I were like- I was offended by that. You were offended by that. <laughs> I know, I really was. Well, because you weren't there. Because I, I didn't even know what they were talking about. Right. And it, it, and, but now you, and they were telling me, I was, and now I now you braced up. it. Yeah, I you braced it. And, I'm yeah. there. and we're going to yeah. talk about machine monitoring on Wednesday. Uh, there you go. Absolutely. But it's, yeah. it's all about having your score, being able to keep score. Like any professional athlete, you know your stats, you know your score. And I think with these new dashboards and these, these new KPIs that are available, you can really transform your shop by keeping score and making sure everyone is keeping score, whether it's the operator or the business owner. Right. Well, so, and, I, and I think it'll, it'll enable you to have the, the human talent, your individual employee, where they need to be. So you see where, where do they add value to your manufacturing process. And you can probably, and I know you guys are gonna talk about automation too, you can probably identify some of these tasks where you're like, you know what, why do I have a talented operator doing this? Well, I could, based on data, it's a repetitive process, I can automate this and apply this guy to a task he's actually good at. Mm -hmm. I, have a, I, I want to go back a little bit. Okay. When we when we came up here, we talked about if we had ten yes. million dollars yep. to a start a new shop or b invest it in our own shop. 
what would you recommend to these people that they do? Because we all know Jim would spend it on wine. Yeah, so. <laughs> yep. a little and he's bit got again. good wine. So, very yes, Ika, why don't you tell us what a new shop would do, and then Mike tell us what an existing shop would do. Yeah. I think that'd be a great perspective. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and, and again, it's very rare that you have that green field where you can just invest $10 million, but let's just think so about $10 million it. $10 million is a lot of money. It is yeah, a lot yeah. of money. It buys you some nice machine software and so on, yep. but again, hardware, you, you pick whatever you prefer, whatever kind of like runs with what you want to produce. I think there's a distinct difference between are you an OEM or a tier one, are you a job shop? That'll probably influence how you're going to set up your shop. OEM, tier one, repetitive parts, all the same fairly easy automated so I think that's not as exciting I think what's exciting Jim like your shop or Mike your shop is a drop shop what can you do there and I think there's a lot of opportunity now finding integrated technology that's one I would recommend don't buy three VMCs and two lays like integrate your technology multitasking multitasking I mean whatever you call it whatever you need for your products but like step it up a little bit so you're ready number two integrate it with software and number three, for me, very important, invest in a cool shop, culture. Oh, like yeah, do, I agree. Do Go. something that gets people excited. Yes. Like Mike's idea to have the coming soon. You know, that's not marketing for your customers necessarily. It's marketing for, for your team. I right. love if that. They, if they walk by that and they aren't excited about the next 10 years with us, not the right place. Sure. Right? Just like what uh, we said, if you're not excited, I think Jason said it. Or your, it was your dad, Jason. Yeah. If, if you're not excited at IMTS and you're in manufacturing, you should go find another industry. Yeah. 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 Right. So, Mike, $10 million. What are you going to do to your shop? Well, so first of all, if anybody has is looking to invest $10 million, I'll be back here afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you have business cards? Yeah, I got okay. plenty of cards. Okay. Um, It'd be a worthy investment. Or they can. <laughs> no, I th you know, so we're a job shop. Um, I would be looking, I would be looking, a, a good part of that money is obviously going to go to machine tools. Yeah. Um, they would be very versatile. Uh, a lot of you know y-axis lays, mill turn capability. I mean, but it, you know, I think back to the point earlier. There's a lot of that over here, right? And there's a lot of that. I over don't there. know which direction I'd go, but there's a lot to choose from. Um, well, that's where you would go first, and then you'd probably go. Yeah. So I'm going to be looking for that integration, right? I, I want. I, I, I've, I've told a story a few times. I, my, I picture a shop in ten years where machinist starts and I give them a cell of two or three machines with a robot and you know the the automation tools around them that it's a it's probably a higher skilled machinist than we even currently have right. I don't even know if they'll be machinists at that time right maybe right? an engineer maybe a manufacturing engineer or something yeah, like that probably someone who majors in programming and, and minors in machining right somebody who's more entrepreneurial absolutely yeah and and this is their business within the business right um, you know, maybe bar to stock type environments even, <laughs> where here's your job, and you know I need a I need a hundred of these by the end of the week. Um, I and I think you know there's a lot of technologies here that can support that. You know, all the way from the the ERP systems to manage the process, the the obviously the tools, the tooling, um, but a lot of it. I, I, again, I go back to a lot of the data, right? right? Like just give people the data they need to be successful. So when you started this new shop five years ago, what were those things that you immediately went out and got? Because the company you bought obviously didn't have a lot of things. They had missing pieces to the puzzle, right? Yeah, so it was a 40-year-old shop. Oh, okay. They um, had been making the same parts for the same people for 40, 40 years. 40 years, yeah. Right. Um, actually, the first thing we did was uh, upgrade the ERP system. 
Oh, okay. Um, so we went, we went with Pro Shop, which yeah. I know you're well familiar with. Yes. And that started giving us the data we needed to just drive the company forward. We've diversified quite a bit since then. We've acquired other shops. It's really the, the lifeblood of any manufacturing company is that ERP system. It the, has been the brains for us, behind for sure. everything. You know where the second best place to get great content about manufacturing besides making chips? I don't know. You tell me. The Pro Shop Video Library. Oh yeah? What's there? Well, they've got great videos about how to more efficiently run your shop. They talk about quality audits, revenue growth, improving on-time delivery, and much more. So it's not just how to use the software. We use that as a resource all the time. You to guys? Help in, to help enhance the product knowledge about ProShop. If you're not really certain about one particular way one of the modules work, that is a great resource for you to go to at any time of day to figure it out. Can I tell you how to get there? Yeah. Go to ProShopERP.com and there's a little icon at the top where you click Video Library. So kind of changing directions, what do you think that a manufacturing leader could learn from the B2C industry? So more, most of the people here, I would say well over 95% are in B2B. So what can we learn from B2C that the shop of the future can really, you know, take a cue from, Micah? Yeah, I think, I think you and I have, you and I have talked about this and it's, um, it is a little bit of a paradigm shift that we're seeing right now with software, with everything that's available. You can actually tie it all together. But I mean, think, think about Grubhub. Yeah. Think about Domino's. Think about Amazon. Like at any point in time, you know 100% where your order is. Mm-hmm. Manufacturing shops. Are they putting pepperoni on right now? Or is, is it, it in, in the, the oven? oven no. Or is it, is it in the car? I mean, you yeah. know is where it, it is. Up 50, up 60, up 70, right. or is it up for yeah. Manufacturing yeah. shops right. like, right. well, here's the order, and yeah, we'll, we'll call yeah. you when we ship. Right. So yeah. you have very limited visibilities. There are some shops now that make it available to their customers as well. And I think that's from a B2C and then B2B perspective, that's really what we need to open our minds to, to say, how do we communicate better and real time with our customers? It's all about building trust, right? So if, if I order an yeah. Uber and I can't see where he's at, I don't have this feeling, hey, he's, he's close to me, he's gonna pick me up. Yeah. And we all gotta get out of this convention center at the end of the day. So I think the same thing goes for what, for what you're saying. If, if, if I'm a customer of your shop, Jim, and I wanna know- Since when? <laughs> if I was. Okay. <laughs> and I wanna know where, where my stuff is at. Uh -huh. That transparency that, that you've right. opened up, now, now I can trust you more. Right, I agree. Well, but along that on, lines, we have, I mean, one of my shop managers is here and um, you know, he probably spends two to three hours a day answering, answering open order reports, right? Mm -hmm. We've got the data. Right. It's, and we're not keeping secrets. We need to open that up Unlock that for your customers. Yeah, that yeah. way they can look. They don't have to hit us up, where's that order? They know where it is. It's at the saw. It's at. It's on Op 65. And Jason, you've talked about this as a supplier, as a, as a cutting oh, yeah. tool supplier. Same as us. Just yeah. being transparent with yep. where everything's at, with, with the order that Jim desperately needs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so how about, uh, so we're making chips. We want to see that those chips removing, uh, we're all about metal cutting, but what about the additive side of things? What does that look like for the job shop of the future? I don't see it a lot in the job shops right now, but where I do see it, it's really making an impact in their business. So where, where do you see that, Ica, in the, in the Yeah, shop well, the I'm uh, recently involved in more additive the last yeah. Yeah, probably year, and where I see it is, there's two things. One, it's an accessory to manufacturing. So don't look at additive as a competition to your traditional metal cutting. It actually can be um, a complementary technology for work holding, for chucks, for things you need 
producing for a gauge for when you want to do measurements. The second thing is, what's really interesting, if you're working with a 3D printing company that ha also has software that integrates the 3D printing into kind of like a digital thread, what you can do, you can actually produce at the point of need, which is very, very interesting, especially if you own five shops, if you have 10 locations, and you say, I need this piece, but you only have maybe the resource in one location, you can still control it through software, you manufacture it directly at the point of need, you have zero delay, and I think, I mean, making chips, it's about making money at the end of the day, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and every I time, know that tagline. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of screwed it up a bit. But, <laughs> okay. but okay. at, the, at the end of the day, if your spindle, spindle's not turning, if you have downtime because you're waiting for something, print it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So it's that manufacturing at point of use. Yes. And with the supply chain right now, sometimes it's hard to get forgings, it's hard to get castings. Mm -hmm. You can print to a near net shape and then finish it on your yeah. machine tool. Where, where do you see it in your shop, Mike? You know, we, we're we playing with additive at this point okay. uh, for you know, okay, some you work holding, some prototyping, stuff like that. I do foresee probably in the next five to ten years that like we'll be required to have you know, a, a farm of, of additive printers that are in a, in a variety of materials. Um, for us, it's we've we've really shifted our company to to turnkey work, so all the way through assembly and coatings and everything. And I think part of that will be we'll have to be able to do that additive on the front end. Okay, we're looking at it too as for work holding jaws. That, those types of things, but also I think if the customer comes to us with a new design, a new product, it's great that we can just go in and print that off and show them this, they can hold the part right. in their hand in a matter of days rather than a, a couple weeks where we have to procure the steel, program the job, set it up in the CNC, cut the metal, right? All and we, we've used it to show our machinists right. the finished part's gonna look, they, so they can touch it, Put feel it, it, see how they're gonna hold it. Put it with the traveler, whatever, right. whatever it is. Yes, right. I agree. So we're st still spending this $10 million. I want to know, let's talk about CNC machine tools. So, I mean, what style of CNC machine tools would we invest in this shop of the future? Flexible, flexible, flexible. Um, what is flexible, mill turn, I mean, mill turn? Okay. Yeah, so like for my job shop, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'll probably never buy a lathe that has live tooling. And, right. and Y axis, for of course. Um, bar feeders, parts catchers, so forth on lay side. Mill side, um, well, we have a mix of three, four, five, horizontal, a little bit of everything, but, and we would continue that. The, the main thing I've focused on the machines we've bought since I've bought, uh, since we bought our shop, right. is everything's robot ready. Um, and what we, does robot ready? Define what robot ready means. I don't know really, but okay. they charge me okay. for it. Well, I do. Um, and and when I've hooked up a robot to it, they just plug in a couple of cords. Okay. Um, they, well, at uh, least you're being honest. Right. No, I mean I, I don't. Well, I can tell you I what it is. Technically, no. Yeah. I bet so it's, it's ready for the, the doors will open <laughs> the automatically. You right. might get a coolant automatic coolant mm -hmm. refill because if it's running at night, there's nobody there to take right. the coolant and refill it. So there's an automatic re. So, go, okay. Yeah, so for me, it's gonna be flexible machines that are ready for automation. Okay, good definition. So when, you, when you're thinking about the machines you're gonna invest in, how often do you think about what else is available at your competitive shops near you? Because to me, that would be one of the things that I would think about 
you know, trying to position my company in a way where like, I'm the only guy who's got this type of machine in the area. Do you, yeah. do you think about that? So in our example, we're one of the few shops in, in our region that has, you know, some, some 20 inch or larger chuck lays, right? So it, it does give us, it opens the door to some work that outside of the OEMs, we're the only ones that can do it, Yeah. right? 20 inch yeah. chuck. Um, yeah. What is through the spindle? Six. That's pretty big. Yeah. That's pretty big. Um, so. You're also I mean, one of the few guys that fabricates too. And we, yeah, so we have fabrication, fabrication in the shop as well. So um, that's probably, those two things are, are some niches for us in our market. Sure. Um, and of course, everybody's gonna be different, right? We're, we're real heavy oil and gas, so everything needs to be round and, um, and, and it could be big or it could be small. Sure. Um, but if industry specific, it, it would vary, I guess, for everybody. Right. Outside of what we experience. So from the builder's perspective, as, as you guys are developing new equipment, you know, are you seeing certain trends in, in terms of features or attributes of the machine? Well, I think in general we're seeing more integrated machines, we're seeing more powerful controls, we're seeing robot ready or automation ready. So most of the machines are now plug and play. You pop your robot in, you pop your pellet system on it. So most of these machines are equipped to do it. So that's, that's, I think, one thing we see to your point the other thing we see is like you want to make sure that your technology, when you go into a shop, adds value. Like you don't only want to sell one machine, you want to work with the customer and say, how can I help you to take your part start to finish? And that's not only hardware that starts at the end of the day with CAD CAM, with, with an ERP, with I mean the software surrounding system, with the automation. So what we're really trying to do, and I think a lot of the builders out there do, they're trying to be real partners to their customers rather than being, okay, here's your 40 by 20, good luck. Yeah, don't, don't just order out of a catalog, help me make this thing. I have to make 500 of these, these things yeah. by the end of the month. So Ika, you taught me, anybody that listens to Making Chips knows that we love acronyms, right? We've got our, we, we're still <laughs> got working on our Making Chips Guide to Acronyms. We've been working on that for like five years. <laughs> yeah, for like 300 yeah. episodes. Yeah. So because we'd have nothing better to do. Right. Well, the industry <laughs> comes up with new ones faster than we can make right. the guide. Yes. So, so I, you taught me an acronym the other day called I'm gonna write it HMI. Down. What is it? HMI. Okay, human give it to me. Interface. I do not know this one. I can, Nick, Nick knew it already. But what yeah. was it? human machine interface? Human machine right. interface. What is a human machine interface? Can be multiple things. The easiest is like it's your control screen on the machine. So how do you interact with your machine? Oh, okay. But then if you take it off the shop floor, it obviously is also in my world. If I would run a shop, I would have my control center somewhere. I would have multiple screens showing me data, analyzing data, and I would share it with my teams. And Mike and I talked about it. It's like you can visualize that throughout your shop. Yeah. Wherever the information is needed, you're just going to show it on the screen. Yeah, right and here on this tablet, I can see yeah. where the parts are at, on what machines, spindle utilization, all sorts of And stuff. I think machine monitoring is one component of it. There's a lot more you can do. We're going to talk about that on Wednesday. Yeah, it's like your control center. Yeah. And it also comes down to probably the user interface being accessible for the future generation. Well, think about like... Well, our, easy to learn. Yeah, easy yeah. to learn. Our kids are the same age. I mean, what do they yeah. do? They have iPads. Yeah. They kind of like move around. Yeah. Like, they're going to be in shops in 20 years. Yep. That's what it's going to look like. See, everyone's exactly. got paper except for me with my, my iPad. Who's well, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little old school here, so. but I did read this bio off. Of my there you go. There you go. I did, I did good, well there. Good job yeah. using a cell phone, Jim. I know. Thank you. We're thank proud you. of you. Everybody thank gives you. Jim a round of applause. Thanks. You know they can take pictures now. <laughs> I know that. I post more than you guys, so there oh, you yeah, go. True. <laughs> Very true. So, so, guys, it's been a pleasure having you here. I, I learned a lot. 
I want to know from you, what's your closing thoughts? What, what would be the call to action that you would give to the manufacturing leaders out there if they want to build out that shop of the future? Let's go to you first, Ika. Um, very simple, open your mind. Okay. Think about, think outside of manufacturing. Think when you hire people, how can you bring in people from other industries that can make you better? Because yeah. they will have a different perspective on what you do today. I think we've, we've spent too much time dealing with each other, which is fun and great. Yeah. But you know what? You need that external influence. You need a different angle, a different view. Mike's a good example. He I was just going to say, perfect yeah? segue to Mike. Venture yeah. capital. It's like, yeah. I think that's what we need. We need to open our minds and say, okay, let's not do the things we've done the last 30 years. Let's think about what we want to do differently in the next 10. So you don't need to be, you don't need to have grown up in the shop to be a leader or a manager of a, of a manufacturing company. You can come with that outside experience. Yeah, I think sometimes we promote those guys that were really good at their job into management positions, and what happens? You, you lost, you lost that yeah. star in that role. Exactly. Yeah. How about you, Mike? Yeah, to, to piggyback on that, I mean, I, I've seen it in our own shop. I see it when I visit other shops. I mean, this industry tends to, you take your best mill, manager, mill operator, you make them a shop floor manager, and you lose them on the shop, right? And they may not be the best just overall, you know, shop manager, but they're a great operator, right? So don't be scared to, to look outside of the industry. Don't let, you know, walk around here, get lots of good ideas, meet people, talk about ideas, but look outside of the industry. I too, agree with right? you, Mike. I mean, I I've learned, you know, in, in all my private equity deals, I mean, you know, whether it was in the entertainment industry, construction, I mean, just go down the list. There's things I've taken from all of those experiences and brought into the shop and, and several of the people would look at me like, we don't do that. Yeah. Well, we can try. Yeah. And yeah. some of, you know, we don't do that today. Yeah. Right. And you know, a lot of it's work, a lot of, you know, some of it hasn't too, but, um, but it's spawned new ideas, right? We don't have to just keep doing things, making the same parts the same way for 40 years. Right? Sure. Absolutely. Hey, Nick, you know that Amper Technologies does machine monitoring and collection and that Car Machine has been utilizing this integration now for about eight months. Honestly, it has exceeded my expectations and I could not be happier with the results. I really want the Metalworking Nation to know that this is a great product and it can really save you thousands of dollars. Because in the simplest of terms, the numbers just don't lie. Once you have those numbers, those metrics, we can incrementally improve month over month. Oh, and did I mention they're going to be at IMTS in Chicago, downtown at McCormick Place, in booth 135685 in the East Building? And guess what? If you show up at their booth, they'll get you set up for a free 30-day trial. Or you could do it right now by going to amper.xyz and click the try for free button. Bam. Well, I think we got to wrap it up. Yeah, we thank do. you both. So if they want to get a hold of you both, so connect with you on LinkedIn, Payne, spelled P-A-Y-N-E, and That's Ika, correct. I'm going to spell that out, E-I-K-E. Good German name. Yeah. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Go to hill-manufacturing.com or ellisontechnologies.com, and of course... Check us out at makingchips.com. Yeah, yeah that's we right. We know how to get a hold of So, Jim, I got to compliment you. I know you're the, the most fashionable one. Oh, but you oh have, thank you. You have one awesome t-shirt on right thank now. Thank you. Manuf Manuf Is that Manuf the new How do I get one of those? Well, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But before we start doing that, <laughs> I want to tell everybody, if you want to come, we're going to be at the Amper Technologies booth in the East Building. Yes. It's booth number 135685. Uh, we're going to be there at 3 o'clock. 
Amper's got some great swag bags they're gonna be passing out, so come post a picture with us, tag us, and you'll get a swag bag. Sure, and there might be a t-shirt in there? There might be a t-shirt in there. <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna be one of these, but it's gonna, so we're gonna give away some of these right now, right? How do we get a t-shirt? Well, what did, what's, the, what's the tagline? If you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam! Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com.